0: Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Don Ma filling in for Kevin. Our top stories today. Celebrating Thanksgiving on the other side of the planet, we look at how U.S. troops stationed overseas spent the holiday. America holds its oldest Thanksgiving parade once again in the city of brotherly love, and the Windy City showcases cultural diversity at its annual parade. With the rail strike looming, President Biden contradicts a White House official saying he has not directly engaged yet with the unions or railroads. Election law battles are underway in California. An appeals court ruling has paved the way for a case involving over a dozen congressional candidates. And a super vaccine known for all flu variants? That's what scientists are saying they've created. It's based on the mRNA technology used in COVID-19 vaccines, but some advise caution. Not everyone can spend Thanksgiving at their home with their families. But that doesn't stop our troops on the other side of the globe from celebrating the holiday. Here's a look at how soldiers in Japan and South Korea spent Thanksgiving.
1: US troops stationed at an army base in South Korea celebrated the Thanksgiving holiday with a traditional festive meal on Thursday. They put up a happy Thanksgiving sign to bring the holiday spirit to the station and some soldiers even dressed up in turkey costumes.
2: Oh, uh, we're just giant turkeys. Uh, I guess they bought two, two of them just so we can represent the parting turkeys that uh, the President of the United States would uh, usually go ahead and let live on the, uh, this grateful day.
1: Senior U.S. Army officials served the traditional Thanksgiving feast of roast turkey, beef, lobster, mashed potatoes, stuffing, green beans, pumpkin and cakes. The soldiers are based in Camp Casey, one of several U.S. Army bases near the demilitarized zone close to North Korea's border.
3: So it gives them that, that taste of home, uh, and it's a top, an opportunity you know, for everybody to you know, break bread together, have the meal together, uh, and then for us as leaders, it's a chance for our soldiers to see us as leaders you know, serving them the meal.
1: Almost 30,000 American troops are stationed in South Korea, which has the United States' third largest military presence outside the country.
4: This is for some, this is their first time being away from home. And so this is a great opportunity to essentially remind
1: people that even though we're thousands of miles away from family and friends, there's still a family amongst each other here. At an Air Force base in Tokyo, U.S. Ambassador to Japan, Ram Emanuel, served Thanksgiving lunch to American airmen. Similar to the base in South Korea, soldiers in Tokyo were also served at the Thanksgiving essentials, turkey, mashed potatoes and more. Also on Thursday, President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden delivered pumpkin pies to firefighters at the Nantucket Fire Department. Biden and his family spent the holiday on the Massachusetts island. The president tweeted that he and his wife were honored to speak with women and men of our armed forces this afternoon. You gave up your seat at the Thanksgiving table to defend us, and we owe you a debt of gratitude. You're the best of America. The president also spent part of the day calling members of the military to thank them for their service.
0: America's oldest Thanksgiving parade celebrates once again. NTD's Flinders Kinsley takes us to the city of brotherly love for the story.
5: The Philadelphia Thanksgiving Parade has spectators packed along the Benjamin Franklin Parkway for over three hours of entertainment. It's
6: a beautiful day in Philadelphia,
7: amazing, the oldest parade in all of America, in one of the oldest cities in America. It's a beautiful thing and this is real Philly love right here.
5: Marching bands, floats, giant inflatables, youth choirs. Over the years, Philly has perfected the art of the parade.
7: I always like the dancers since I teach dance and I know there's going to be a few different groups here, so I'm excited to see.
3: A potable snowman, flying in the sky, Spur fat, beautiful. What's not like? It's amazing. Yeah. There were some things with cars, I love old cars,
2: so I got a lot of photos of them and some were good with like kids and dogs in them and stuff and, uh, and it's all great, the music, the floats, they're all, all really good.
5: The Thanksgiving parade brings Philadelphia together and families closer.
2: Usually I cook but my granddaughters were in the parade so we're visiting family instead. So I'm enjoying the parade, first time ever here.
3: Uh, We gather all our family
5: around and we think about all the things that we're grateful for. The parade is an opportunity to reflect on Thanksgiving and what Philadelphians can be thankful for.
3: Just to be here, be able to have peace and quiet and just everybody just get along for a while, you know. All that other crazy stuff that's going on out there. Just remember, it's all about people and getting along. We're family, friends, just being alive. Yep. Joining a, a parade like this is awesome.
5: Mayor Jim Kenny shared his feelings about Thanksgiving outside the Manor stall. Manor is a charity that delivers meals, counsel, and hope to those in need.
6: Thankful that they
3: live in a country where you can you can have what you, what you need, you can earn what you need, uh, and then there's also opportunities to help people who are in need. And this is what groups like this do, and they do it well, and they've been doing it for years.
5: This year marks the 103rd anniversary of the Philadelphia Thanksgiving Parade. Flinders Kingsley, NTD News. Chicago also
0: celebrated the Thanksgiving holiday with a parade, and this one was the 88th annual parade the city has held. Participants and spectators enjoyed the festivities. NTD's Andrew Lemoy was there.
8: Spirited marching bands, elaborate floats, and lively performances dazzled enthusiastic audiences in Chicago. The city's Thanksgiving parade celebrated the day with a diversity of talent and different cultures. The Falun Dafa group performed a peaceful Chinese meditation practice. Sharon Kalarski joined the parade to tell people about the practice.
9: I want to tell people about fallen Dafa and how wonderful it is. Truth, compassion, forbearance. I'm just so happy to see all the smiling faces. You wave at people and they wave right back at you.
8: Virginia Windsor is a member of the colorful Azalea Trail Maids from Mobile, Alabama. Azalea Trail Maids is an Alabama tradition of azalea planting dating back to the 1920s.
10: Thanksgiving is such an amazing holiday and it's so I'm so glad that we get to spend it with everybody. We're all about bringing joy to other people's day.
8: Laurel Ramos is proud to show his Mexican heritage. He performs rope tricks as part of the Ray of Hope Riders, a group performing Mexican side saddle drills and horse dancing
0: we show our culture our traditions our family heritage it's a beautiful thing to show to the public
8: spectators cheered on the performers as they paraded down state street after watching the falun dafa float passing by paul mares from buffalo new york said he felt positive energy
11: <laughs> positive energy we love the music and uh, more of that type of music because people feel the energy they feel the good spirit the good mood and uh, It makes everyone happy.
8: Veronica Rebelloso danced along with her daughter's marching band from Texas.
10: I like the, the different cultures and communities that are
9: represented. This is awesome.
8: Rosa Robolito from the Chicago suburbs visited with family and friends.
9: And there's beautiful, excellent talent also of all the marching bands that are here. So it's been really great to see it.
8: The celebration wouldn't be complete without attendees' holiday wishes.
9: Happy holidays!
8: Happy Holidays!
12: Happy
10: Holidays!
8: Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News, Chicago.
5: And
0: now on to the possible railroad strike. President Biden yesterday claimed he's not directly in touch with either side, but that contradicts what White House officials have said. NTD's Jessica Beatty has more.
9: President Biden Thursday told reporters the talks are ongoing between railroads and unions. And because of that, he said he himself has not directly engaged with either side yet. But that contradicts what the White House press secretary said earlier this week. Uh, The president is indeed involved directly, uh, but I, I don't want to get into details at this time, but he has been involved. He remains focused, again, on protecting America's families. Earlier this week, another union rejected a tentative agreement with freight railroads. The major sticking point is paid sick leave. Unions want it, but railroads refuse it, claiming unions agreed to skip it in order to get short-term disability benefits and higher pay. The latest union rejection ups the possibility of a nationwide rail strike that could seriously hit the economy ahead of the holidays. A new estimate puts the cost of a freight rail strike at $1 billion in its first week. The Anderson Economic Group is calling the potential strike one of the most disruptive events that can happen to the economy. Lost agricultural goods and food spoilage would quickly add to mounting losses. The Retail Industry Leaders Association is calling on policymakers to intervene to avoid an economic disaster. If no contract deal is reached, the four rail unions that voted against an agreement set a joint strike date of December 9th. Jessica Beatty, NTD News.
0: Scientists have engineered an experimental super vaccine. They say it can fight every known strain of the flu. It employs the same technology used in COVID-19 shots. NTD's Daniel Monahan has the story.
8: The vaccine hasn't been tested on people yet. Given in two shots, it uses the same mRNA technology that was pioneered in the COVID-19 shots from Pfizer and Moderna. It delivers instructions for cells to create replicas of proteins that appear on influenza viruses. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis recently addressed mRNA technology in regards to COVID vaccines. They lied to us about the mRNA shots. They said, if you take it, you will not get COVID. That is false. The universal flu vaccine, if successful in human trials, would not necessarily prevent infection. The hope is that it would give people a baseline level of immunity and reduce deaths and hospitalizations. Unlike standard flu vaccines that deliver one or two versions of the proteins, the experimental vaccine includes 20 different types. Scientists hope the immune system would then recognize any flu virus it might encounter in the future. DeSantis warns against ideology affecting health policy and being placed over data and evidence. And then what happens is, is that they will say something like, okay, six weeks of mass will end COVID. So that's what they claim. It doesn't happen. And then what they'll do is they will kind of move the goalposts and say, well, you know, only 95% wore it. So now... Scientists say a universal flu vaccine would not mean an end to flu season, but it would replace the guesswork that goes into developing annual shots. Meanwhile, an article published in the Washington Post on Wednesday reported that a majority of Americans dying from the coronavirus were vaccinated. It states that 58% of coronavirus deaths in August were people who were vaccinated or boosted. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
0: And now over to Georgia. The state's highest court ruled on Wednesday that Georgia can enforce a law banning abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. This, while the state appeals to lower court order striking it down. The Supreme Court of Georgia did not give a reason for its unanimous order. The state law, which originally took effect last summer, has been challenged by Planned Parenthood and other abortion access groups. Georgia passed a law banning abortion after a fetal heartbeat is detected, usually around six weeks, in 2019. The law was immediately blocked because of the U.S. Supreme Court's 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling was allowed to take effect shortly after the Supreme Court overturned Roe in June. California's election laws are under fire. Congressional candidates in 13 counties across the state have brought an election integrity case to court. And now, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled the case has standing. NTD's Daniel Monahan has the story.
8: The Election Integrity Project California, or EIPCA, and 13 counties allege that the state has weakened or removed integrity from the election process. They cite California's system of vote-by-mail ballots, ballot harvesting, reduced voting facilities for in-person voting, and the extended time allowed to count votes. The organization says these practices water down the value of lawfully cast ballots. The lawsuit is against California Secretary of State Shirley Weber, Governor Gavin Newsom, and Attorney General Rob Bonta, as well as the registrars of voters in the 13 counties including Los Angeles, Orange, and Riverside. The U.S. Constitution gives state legislators the authority to manage elections and process ballots. But the Federal Appeals Court ruled that the case can move forward, meaning California's practices may be violating the Constitution in other ways. The suit alleges that over the last decade, California has passed laws and regulations that have led to massive irregularities. It states that this culminated in the 2020 election when Governor Newsom authorized mailing a ballot to all active registrants on the voter rolls, and signature verification requirements were also gutted. EIPCA received over 700 affidavits signed from trained observers. They consistently reported election workers not adequately verifying signatures and in some cases counting ballots without signatures. In the next step, both sides will share information with each other to prepare for trial. And the plaintiffs can look into the scope of the irregularities. That means they can ask questions and actually audit the counties and the ballots. If the case is successful, California will be required to enforce secure and uniform vote casting and vote counting procedures. It could also set a precedent for legal challenges in other states. EIPCA states the case is not a partisan issue, but a constitutional one that has affected many candidates in more than one election. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
0: Coming up, a paramedic in Canada treats a girl fatally injured in a car crash, only to find out that she's her own daughter. And Native American tribes are reviving a significant part of history, the bison herds. More in just a moment here on NTD News Today. Texas Border Patrol agents seized nearly 120 pounds of a drug this week, reportedly cocaine. The drugs have a street value of over $1.5 million. Officers assigned to the World Trade Bridge in Texas seized the drugs. One of them flagged a semi-truck claiming to be transporting plastic film. During the second inspection, they brought in a trained dog to aid with the search. The officers then discovered large quantities of suspected cocaine in the trailer. Homeland Security is investigating. And over in Illinois, a terrifying moment captured on camera. Police officers rescued a boy and a woman from the freezing waters of a pond. Just before 4.30 p.m. on Wednesday, Aurora police officers and firefighters responded to a 911 call about a nine-year-old drowning. When officers arrived, they found the boy had fallen through ice as he tried to retrieve a football. A woman had also fallen into the waters when she tried to save the child. Two officers swam to save the drowning child and the woman and brought both of them to safety. The child was transported to a hospital with minor injuries. The two officers also sustained minor injuries. The U.S. Coast Guard rescued 18 presumed migrants, including children. They were stranded at sea without food or water for five days after their boat broke down. They were rescued in international waters near the U.S.-Mexico border. A helicopter rescued five adults and two children. And then a Mexican naval vessel rescued the remaining 11 people. The two children were reportedly a four-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl. The migrants on board were suffering from sun exposure as well as a lack of food and water. At least three were taken to San Diego hospitals. The Coast Guard told NBC that rescuers were surprised the vessel didn't sink, considering it had a dead motor and was weighed down by the numerous passengers on board. And in Canada, a tragic story about losing a family member. A paramedic unknowingly treated her own daughter after a fatal car crash.
1: On November 15th, Canadian paramedic Jamie Erickson was called to the scene of a car crash north of Calgary, Alberta. A car had lost control and was struck by an oncoming truck. The driver was able to get out of the car, but the female passenger was trapped with serious injuries.
5: She found the girl who she had sat with in the back of the crumpled vehicle, keeping alive so a family could say goodbye, and due to the extent of her injuries, was unrecognizable.
1: Erickson stayed with the girl until she could be transported by air ambulance to a hospital, where she died. Erickson was still unaware of who she was. It was only after she got home that day that police told her the girl was her 17-year-old daughter, Montana.
5: Jamie unknowingly was keeping her own daughter alive.
1: Erickson shared her grief with reporters late Tuesday. She described her daughter as a success at everything she set her mind to.
10: Well, she's her mother's daughter. Montana's gonna be greatly missed by everyone. And we love her so very much.
1: Erickson said her daughter was a fighter and she fought until the day that she died. The girl was able to donate her organs, and two of the organs she donated were life-saving.
0: Across the Great Plains, buffalo used to share inseparable destinies with the American native peoples. The animals nearly went extinct over a century ago. Today, tribes are growing their herds once more.
1: Herds of buffalo roam the Great Plains of North America, a site that evokes major chapters in the history of the West these creatures were once at the heart of the native people's lives for thousands of years
3: one time there were millions of buffalo that roamed uh, north america and all of these tribes you know relied on them at at some point whether that was for food or or shelter uh, or ceremonies
1: but the balance ended with the arrival of european settlers newcomers ushered in a new level of industry and hunting buffalo were shot their parts used in machinery, fertilizer, and clothing. By 1889, the species was almost wiped out. A few hundred survived in Yellowstone, central Colorado, and elsewhere. In Montana, only an estimated 10 remained.
3: And it forced us uh, as indigenous people uh, to move to reservations and you know, completely change our, our lifestyle.
1: In recent years, tribes are looking to reclaim their tradition of managing bison. The Intertribal Buffalo Council is helping that effort, sending the animals where they're needed. This fall, the group has shipped more than 2,000 buffalo to tribes in 10 states.
3: And, you know, we're in contact with all of our tribes, and we're able to take those animals and redistribute those uh, to tribes to either enhance their herd or start a new herd.
1: In Badlands National Park, 100 wild bison received a health check. TRAILERS awaited TO SHIP THEM TO THEIR NEW HOME AT ROSEBUD RESERVATION.
6: NO
3: ROUGH STUFF, YOU GUYS. THEN THEY WERE SET FREE TO ROAM. AND AS THEY START TO RUN PAST, um, IT'S JUST A a FEELING OF ACCOMPLISHMENT THAT, um, YOU KNOW, AT at ONE POINT, OUR ANCESTORS WERE WATCHING THE SAME THING, YOU KNOW, HERDS OF BUFFALO uh, RUN PAST THEM.
1: The Native Americans followed the buffalo's annual migrations and relied on the animals for their own survival, using them for food, clothing and shelter. To this day, butchering bison remains a tradition in some communities.
9: For us, the buffalo harvest is about building our relationship with buffalo, about going through those, those steps to make sure that we are being good relatives. And it's about practicing being a good relative, um, as well as connecting with each other.
1: For now, an estimated 20,000 bison have found their way back into 82 tribal herds across the U.S. and Canada.
0: Coming up, an award-winning film is hitting big screens across the U.S. Through animated illustrations, it captures a daring confrontation that happened 20 years ago between a small group of citizens and the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda machine and the deadly consequences afterwards. That and more when we return with NTD News. An award-winning film is hitting big screens across the U.S. Through animated illustrations, it captures a daring confrontation that happened 20 years ago between a small group of citizens and the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda machine and the deadly consequences afterwards. The film is Canada's pick for the 2023 Oscar race. NTD sat down with the film's artist and main character Da Xiong to find out more.
10: When the ruling regime is using all its media outlets to churn out propaganda against your faith, what do you do? This is the question that an award-winning film is bringing to life in theaters across the U.S. Called Eternal Spring, it captures a true event from 20 years ago in China. That's when a group of spiritual practitioners hacked into China's state-controlled television network to counter the communist regime's propaganda against their spiritual practice, Falun Gong. Falun Gong is a spiritual meditation based on the principles of truthfulness, compassion and tolerance. In the 90s, about one in every 13 Chinese people practiced it. But millions of them were thrown into prison and tortured after the regime launched a nationwide persecution campaign. On top of that, the regime blanketed China with hate propaganda against the practice. From national to local TV, hate-filled attacks against Falun Gong were on air 24 hours a day. The TV hijacking event took place under this context. And the film tells the story through the lens of Da Xiong, a Falun Gong practitioner who witnessed it.
1: Afterwards, my instincts told me that danger might be around the corner. That police raids may come tomorrow, and that's what happened.
10: Police raided the entire city, a population of over 9 million.
1: A lot of practitioners were forced to flee their homes. Many practitioners were arrested. Their homes were searched. Police arrested over 4,000 practitioners.
0: <laughs>
10: 也是我们该离开的时候 But tracing the event was not easy. Of the hijacking's core participants, six have died at the hands of Chinese police. Of those who are still alive...
1: The main ones were in prison. We couldn't get any information from them.
10: A breakthrough came in 2017, after a survivor made out of China, following 10 years in prison.
1: We were only able to sort out the stories after we found a key participant, Jin Xuezhe.
10: The film was six years in the making, and the hand-drawn illustrations alone took over two years. But for him, that wasn't the hard part.
1: You have to recall the memories, those unhappy memories, painful memories while in China. It's like a scar has already healed, but you have to cut it open again and feel what it's like to be painful.
10: But he says his own feelings aren't important.
1: Because most of the people that were involved in the TV hijacking event have died. Their families fell apart. What they went through is far more cruel than what I've been through. I have a sense of mission. It's like as if I'm finishing what they have not completed. And to tell the truth to the world, this is what kept me going.
10: He noted tapping into state-controlled TV network proves no easy task. And the participants knew the risks and consequences.
1: If the police arrests don't come today, they could come tomorrow.
10: So why did they do it?
1: Those practitioners want to clarify the truth about Falun Gong and let the Chinese people know that they have a right to choose to know the truth. This is very important. No one wants prison terms. We all have families. We all have comforts in life that are hard to let go of. But since they chose to do this, that means they know the significance of doing this was bigger than their own personal feelings.
10: He added, it also comes down to having great love for the country.
1: The movie also talked about the idea of what is love. It's to have the courage to carry on the traditional values of this nation. This is the biggest love for the country, instead of staying numb and silent. But this comes down to individuals' choices. Not everyone can do something like this.
10: Da Xiong explained the film also gives a different big picture about China.
1: It showcases the deep influence that Falun Gong had left on the Chinese society. Also, how Falun Gong practitioners think about things. Why did they want to do this TV hijacking event? They have persisted against Beijing's persecution for 23 years.
10: The film is Canada's pick for the 2023 Oscar race. It will contest for Best International Feature. Meanwhile, the film is hitting big screens across the U.S., including New York, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C. It also has upcoming releases in the U.K., Canada, and Australia.
0: And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, don't hesitate to email us at news.today at ntd.com. The Eastern European weapons industry is thriving as the war in Ukraine continues. Weapons are being produced at levels similar to the Soviet era. And Russia relaunches a car brand not seen in decades. It comes after French carmaker Renault abandoned its Russian factory. More shortly here on NTD News Today. Eastern Europe's arms industry is churning out guns, artillery, shells and other military supplies as governments in the region lead efforts to aid Ukraine in its fight against Russia. Here's the story.
6: The war in Ukraine has taken a toll on Europe's economy, but one sector is quietly humming. Arms makers in Eastern Europe are churning out weapons and ammunition at a pace not seen since the Cold War. Many governments in the region are still wary of their old Soviet master Russia, and keen to help Kyiv resist. Arms firms are seizing the opportunity. Poland's state-owned PGZ makes everything from drones to armoured vehicles. Boss Sebastian Chwawek says it's almost doubling its investment plans over the next decade. We are developing, expanding our abilities. We're preparing for increased deliveries, not only to the Polish market, and we are aware of that. We are in many discussions with potential customers from third countries who would like to equip their armies with Polish equipment. PGZ says it has delivered all sorts of gear to Ukraine, including mortars, small arms and ammunition. It expects 2022 revenues to beat a pre-war target of almost $1.5 billion. There's a similar story in the Czech Republic. The country has supplied about $2.1 billion of weapons to Ukraine, and arms exports are on track to hit their highest since 1989. That's according to Deputy Defence Minister Thomas Kopechny.
11: For
6: the Czech defence industry, the conflict in Ukraine and the assistance
0: the industry provides to the defenders is clearly a boost that we have not seen in the last 30
12: years. It is not only that this year will be an absolute record in the export of military material, but it is also about quality.
0: It's about the fact that historically we can get access to technology, to a partnership with one of the world's largest arms industries, and that's a huge opportunity.
6: Eastern Europe's arms industry first boomed under communism, churning out weapons for the Soviet bloc. War in Ukraine has the factories busy again, but no longer in service to the Kremlin.
0: And staying in Eastern Europe, after a two-decade hiatus, Russia on Wednesday launched production of the Moscovich car brand. It's being built at a plant near Moscow given up by French carmaker Renault, and it has a new modern design.
4: It looks like a Chinese car with Chinese-labeled parts and stickers of Chinese carmaker JAC everywhere. But it really isn't made in China which is exactly what the recently revived Soviet-era brand Moskvich wants consumers in Russia to believe. After a two-decade hiatus, the carmaker marked its return with the new Moskvich 3, rolling off the floor of a former Renault plant near Moscow, a factory that Renault sold as it left the country in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The car goes on sale in Russia next month. Everybody thinks that we only glued our logo on the cars here, but that's not the case.
11: We have an external partner. We have Kamaz as an external partner, and we have a long-distance partner we are working with and whom we're getting components from. We are
4: not naming that partner. There's no prizes for guessing who. In fact, the Moskvich 3 looks identical to the Sehol X4 compact crossover made by China's JAC. A standout feature is that it has an anti-braking system. A component usually found in all new cars elsewhere in the world, Russian carmakers have had to remove it from their cars because of Western sanctions in response to Russia's military campaign in Ukraine. The new, modern Chinese design is a far cry from the basic hatchbacks or three-box saloons the brand was once known for. Renault sold its brand and the factory Moscow will use to build these cars for a ruble each as it left. The Russian government now aims to produce just 100,000 Moskvich vehicles a year, some which will be electric. For comparison, Tesla makes one-fifth that number in a week at its Shanghai plant. With just 600 Moskvich 3s slated for production this year, the new model is unlikely to dislodge the gloomy outlook for the country's auto industry, whose annual sales could end the year below a million vehicles for the first time in Russia's modern history.
0: And adding to the woes, another car maker pulls out of Russia. Japan's Nissan is taking its name off a car plant in St. Petersburg. That's after the company's assets in Russia were nationalized. A crane lowered the giant red letters spelling automaker's name off the building. Nissan's pullout will cost the company over $680 million. The company halted production at its St. Petersburg plant in March. It later sold all its Russian business to a Moscow-based automotive institute at a price of only about $1, though the company reserves the right to buy it back within six years. Nissan said this week that the sale is now complete. This isn't the only Japanese automaker, though, to end its operations in the Russian market. Toyota made the same decision back in September. A French Christmas market opens and showcases exquisite holiday foods. The market is located right next to France's famous Louvre Art Museum. And some Black Friday discounts are misleading shoppers. Often, the same item is less expensive other times of the year. Stay tuned for more on that when we return. And Christmas celebrations have officially kicked off in Germany. Chancellor Olaf Scholz received this year's Christmas tree in Berlin. The ceremony was accompanied by a children's choir singing traditional Christmas songs. Scholz's remarks highlighted the impact of the war in Ukraine on Germany. The chancellor noted the government's efforts to combat the energy crisis stressing the nation's unity to weather the storm he also welcomed ukrainians seeking asylum in the country singing carols in the run-up to the christmas is a centuries-old tradition in germany either at a local church or at home by the christmas tree the oldest songs date back to the 11th century christmas markets are opening in paris while there you will find hot wine an enormous array of cheese, and lots of Christmas shopping. Our France correspondent, David Veves, went there to seek some festive
13: cheer. It's considered the most popular Christmas market in the French capital. The opening of Tuileries Garden Christmas Market, located next to the Louvre Museum, is marked by a return of tourists after two years of pandemic. The market's alleys are filled with flavors of sausage, onion, soup, and hot melt wine
10: i love it i love christmas markets it's just opened yesterday so it's nice
9: to come and visit i think we come for the food all the sweet stuff and the churros it's really good
13: gourmets can find here signature christmas dishes we have here the christmas hamburger with, with foie, foie gras fried onions and, and, and a fig these are heartwarming with dishes, with dishes, dishes served with a, a smile with we're happy to be here happy. it's party time Raclette, fondue, aligo. It's impossible for food lovers not to taste some famous winter cheeses.
6: There are certain cheeses that are eaten more in winter, such as raclette and roblechon. But otherwise, cheese is eaten in France all year round. Raclette is a soft cheese that melts quickly and is a great treat in winter.
7: Actually, I tasted the um, aglio, how is it called? Aligo. Aligo. That's like mashed potatoes with garlic and onions and cheese.
11: That was good.
13: This dish from southwestern France can be found at this vendor stand.
6: So the Aligo dish, there is butter, cream, water,
13: cheese. And here it is, ready in four minutes. The market is also a chance to shop for artisan gifts. It's a mold-making workshop, so I display bus relief sculptures. My speciality is the imitation of materials such as wood and stone. And I am inspired by art nouveau. This glassblower says the return of tourists is great news for local craftsmen.
6: It's a great atmosphere. It allows us to showcase our expertise, a profession of 37 years. I learned this trade myself and for the last 10 years i've been sharing it in the capital we have the pleasure of being here and meeting people from all over the world
13: the tuiris garden christmas market will run until the first week of january david vives ntd news paris
0: and a new study from the uk just one in seven black friday deals offer a genuine discount and the vast majority of offers are the same price or cheaper at different times of the year That's according to consumer group Witch. Overhyped and underwhelming deals may mislead people into spending more, a sensitive point for many during the cost of living crisis. NTD's Malcolm Hudson spoke to shoppers in London to hear their thoughts.
11: The lead up to Christmas is a time when families are buying gifts. And especially amidst the cost of living crisis, people will be wanting to save where they can. But consumer group Witch has warned that Black Friday is rarely the cheapest time to shop. They analysed over 200 deals and found that most Black Friday offers do not offer genuine discounts. Which looked at seven major retailers, including Amazon, Currys, John Lewis and Argos. They found that only one in seven deals they analysed last year offered a genuine discount. Out of the deals, 98% were cheaper or the same price at other times in the year. None were cheaper on Black Friday alone. Shoppers in London shared their thoughts.
0: Well, I work in retail and I've kind of like scouted out certain areas and they've done like different types of deals than they would in America because in America they have like general
11: 50% off or of how many percentage off on like all in the shop. Some you have to like buy something and then over a certain amount of limit you spend, then you get a discount. He said that these kinds of deals encourage people to spend more. One man said he likes to make use of the offers. Definitely, I think, you know, whether you do Christmas, like I don't do Christmas myself, I'm a Muslim, but it doesn't mean that you can't make use of the deals, you know, so I actually do look forward to the deals, whether it's Black Friday or, you know, Boxing Day deals. However, he explained it's also important to be shrewd. I don't just blindly see a sign that says 10% off or 80% off and go and buy it. I always make sure that I've looked online and I've done a bit of research before. Which found that Amazon and Very were the worst offenders in regards to dubious discounts. Over 70% of their products in the analysis were cheaper at different times of the year. Generally, people I spoke with didn't like this kind of marketing.
10: I just feel like it's a bit of a scam. No, that's right. I would agree agree with you. Um, I would agree with you. Looking at things over the couple of weeks, I've got in my head, I know
14: what I'm prepared to pay and then I see that actually... The prices haven't dropped, they're exactly the same, but they try to make out, oh, they raise it beforehand and then they drop it down.
11: She said it's frustrating that shops give the illusion of a bargain. Another lady said she was already aware many companies raise prices before giving discounts. She
9: said I'm only going to buy something that I already wanted to buy if if it's reduced.
11: Which urged consumers not to fall for the Black Friday hype. But it seems many savvy shoppers have already got the message.
10: Yeah, I actually use all year for Christmas. If I see something that someone likes, then I'll I'll get it because it'll be cheaper then anyway.
11: Malcolm Hudson, NTD News, London.
0: Dozens of striking Amazon workers gathered outside an Amazon warehouse in the southern suburbs of Paris on Black Friday, calling for salary increases and better working conditions. It's part of a move across the world to target the online retailer on one of the busiest shopping days of the year. The Make Amazon Pay initiative made the call for strikes and says industrial action was planned in more than 30 countries, including the United States. French unions called for strikes at France's eight Amazon warehouses. Amazon France said there had been no sign of disruption to operations so far. Two French union officials said they were not expecting a big turnout because the rising cost of living is driving employees to seek overtime. Can a robot be a member of a family? We hear the story of a lonely Mars rover that far outlived its expected lifespan. Its last words drew tears from filmmakers. We'll bring you that and more on NTD News today. Sometimes you just need an act of kindness to help you through a difficult time. For one cancer patient, her attitude and faith helped her to find hope on the wings of an angel. Let's take a look.
8: For much of her life, Jenna Silva traveled the world without any health concerns at all. Then suddenly she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer.
7: It was kind of a sink or swim, you know, type situation.
8: However, finding the right treatment wasn't easy, but she elected not to succumb to despair.
7: I really believe our health is really closely connected with our attitude. And I believe that God is walking this with me and that's a a huge part. I cannot do it without him and without the support of the people around me and things like that. So I'm very, very blessed.
8: Her positive attitude and trust in God brought her to a solution. You could say a solution from the angels.
7: My aunt, my dad's sister, was also getting treatment up at this place in Seattle. So um, she originally told me she, you know, was introduced to Angel Flight and had been getting back and forth from Central Oregon up there as well. You know, my aunt has been so blessed by that and has been able to do the treatments. And she actually has a clean bill of health because of it.
8: Angel Flight West is a nonprofit organization that provides free flights for patients who need transportation to their medical appointments. Together with volunteer pilots and some commercial flights, Angel Flight West is able to help people such as Jenna get to their treatments. Trevor Moody um, is a pilot based in in Seattle.
6: In preparation for this, I was going through some letters, I keep, and I got, I don't know if you can see that, but uh, one um, little girl, 11 year old,
8: sent me a a thank you note after a trip. Trevor has a love for flying and a heart for helping people. Just a few years after he got his license, he joined the organization as a volunteer. As a medical engineer and a cancer survivor himself, he knew the challenges a lot of patients face. For him, it's making the impossible possible.
6: A few years ago, I was flying a a retired um, veteran uh, from Idaho. So in the mountains of Idaho, uh, he was travelling to Seattle for cancer treatment. A few months later, I got a letter from him, and um, it was really saying that, look, I just I, most important, I'm in remission. Or this is him speaking. I'm in remission from cancer now, uh, so I'm cured effectively. And um, I, I really want to let you guys know that if if Angel Flight hadn't been available, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have gone for the treatment. He made around 93
8: trips in the years of volunteering and now he is flying Jenna to her treatments. What keeps him going? The fact I can give back and and help with that is, is immensely satisfying. And that's the kindness these patients need.
7: And my experiences with them is that I'm coming in contact with so many people that are just like so compassionate and, you know, they just want to help people. And when you come in contact with people like that, it just lifts and encourages us so much.
8: Ivan Martinez has been working for Angel Flight West for about 10 years. Incredibly inspired every day and humbled by the stories that I hear from our pilots and our patients. His goal is to let people who struggle know this service exists and that it's free. Our hope is to remove that barrier uh, that that many Americans face. Uh, um,
2: transportation is is uh, the the biggest barrier to healthcare, next to cost. All of the flights are all provided by volunteers who just give up their their hearts and
8: and their resources. And I'm just incredibly thankful for 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 our volunteers. And for Jenna, she felt the compassion from these volunteers.
7: I can sit and you know just kind of sulk and feel sorry for myself and be depressed and be scared and be fearful or I can make the decision and the choice to be positive and to open my eyes and look around me at all of these incredible things and people that are extending their hands and and hearts and compassion to us and their financial help and all these things that they do and all of that stuff it makes you so grateful and you just, you know, the attitude part is a huge, huge part of our journey, our health journey as well. I have a lot of hope and, you know, a lot of faith that it's going to be a good report and that the treatments that I'm getting um, up in Seattle are working. So that's where I'm going to, that's where I want to stay <laughs> right here is just very hopeful, hopeful and thankful and that kind of thing. <laughs>
0: Next, we dive into the documentary about the mission of the Mars Exploration Rover. This one might be a tearjerker, though, so be prepared.
1: Yeah, it's only a robot,
8: but she becomes a family member.
2: My battery is low, and it's getting dark. That was the last message from Mars Rover Opportunity, or Oppie, and it went viral on social media.
12: Um, I assumed that scientists and engineers would be very academic and very unemotional and probably detached and that that was might be an uphill battle for us when we're trying to tell the story through human voices and I was totally wrong once we once we met the human being characters it was an embarrassment of riches.
2: Abi was only supposed to last 90 Martian days but it survived over 14 years. The
12: mission director Ryan White tells of how the news affected them. It's funny because I I promise you we were not having conversations in the edit room on how we would make people cry. Um, And it is kind of the shocking um, sort of resounding response to this film seems to be people coming up to me like sheepishly with their hand over their mouth saying I cried about a robot.
2: The documentary Good Night, Oppie, follows the NASA launch back in 2003. Oppie sent its last message on June 10th, 2018.
12: Industrial Light Magic created all those scenes. It's all based on hundreds of thousands of photographs. And that's why it's photo real is because NASA gave us exactly what it looked like on a particular day. So if Opportunity's getting stuck in sand, we know exactly what that looked like from all nine of her cameras and from the orbiters above Mars shooting down.
2: Both rovers, Oppie and Spirit, are solar powered and they look uncannily like Pixar Studios Wall-E.
12: I do know that NASA is very careful to remind me to remind people that Spirit and Opportunity came first because there's been a lot written like, oh, these robots look just like WALL-E. Maybe NASA did that. And, you know, these robots launched in 2003. I don't I think WALL-E came out like 2007 or something. White added there is just something so emotional about a little lonely robot on a planet. These are people that are living day-to-day, getting to do the things that we all dreamed about doing as kids, um, and that's their actual daily work. And it's not just work to them, it's it's their life, it's it's their their daughter on Mars, as a lot of them see her. Uh, so I think there's also something about that connection.
2: Good Night, Oppie is in some U.S. cinemas right now and was launched on Amazon streaming service on Wednesday.
0: During the World Cup, Japanese soccer fans are being praised for cleaning up the trash in the stadium. This was after Japan defeated Germany on Wednesday. During the match, Japan made a historic 2-1 victory over four-time World Cup champions Germany for the first time. The FIFA World Cup posted a video on Twitter of Japanese fans packing trash into plastic bags before they left the stadium after the game. The video has since gone viral, and many are praising their efforts to keep the stadium clean. In another Twitter post, FIFA thanked the Japanese players for cleaning and tidying up their changing room after the game. Videos on social media also showed Japanese fans celebrating on the streets of Tokyo after the match. And have you noticed that when you're concentrating or stressed out, you breathe faster? How does the mechanics of breathing affect us? Here's NTD's Gina Marie, who brings us Strong Mind and Body.
14: we are living in stressful times. And on top of that, our lives are getting busier with distractions on all fronts. So perhaps it's time to pay attention to our breathing. Today, we are going to learn more about the benefits of doing it correctly. Jack Feldman is an internationally recognized world expert on breathing. He is a professor of neurobiology at the University of California and explains the process. When inhaling, we take oxygen into the lungs. This is used for the body's metabolic processes. We produce carbon dioxide, which needs eliminating. If this doesn't occur that carbon dioxide can affect the ph levels in the blood the body needs to regulate ph levels because all living cells are very sensitive to this balance so our bodies and brain need a constant supply of oxygen in circulation fortunately practices like yoga and meditation have become more popular in recent decades scientists studying this have contributed to a growing body of evidence It shows breathing techniques improve various health concerns, from anxiety to insomnia. Using the breath to heal illnesses, boost health, and aid in spiritual pursuits isn't new. It goes back millennia to cultures the world over. Perhaps India's yoga breathing is best known with a history of over 3,000 years. The word prana translates as the breath of life pranayama using control can alter your breathing to achieve health and well-being it's very similar to chinese medicine's version known as qi or life force or vital energy these cultures respect the mechanics of breathing correctly deep slow breathing from the diaphragm is an ancient practice in chinese medicine and eastern religions such as buddhism and Taoism.
0: and over in canada an unusual chase captured on camera A video uploaded to social media shows police chasing down an escaped ostrich through the streets of Taber, Alberta. Oh
3: my gosh, this is the first time I've ever seen this.
0: Police posted an alert on social media that about 20 ostriches escaped their enclosure on Thursday morning. They created, quote, traffic hazards. Officers from local and federal forces helped the owner recapture his flock. According to local media, police captured most of the escaped birds by midday and gave them back to their owner. One ostrich was unfortunately hit by a car on the road and killed. Police said they are used to reports of loose cattle and horses, but they, quote, did not anticipate chasing ostriches during that shift. And that's all for today's program. We're really glad to have you with us. I'm Don Ma, NTD News, New York.